0: Hello everyone, welcome to Then Now Whatever, the wrestling podcast. I've stopped keeping track of what number we're on now. we have like Wrestlemania, yeah. we're past 30, <laughs> we don't give a shit anymore. I'm your host of Dr Among Men, Duncan Joyce, I'm joined once again by the hardest working Triple H mark in show business, Mr Kyle Cambry. Hello, welcome to the show.
1: How's awesome, things, Kyle? Good, I'm excited for Wrestlemania season, and in general life things are going great. I finally feel at home in the house. Pretty much every room's done now. And this is our second podcast in the house as well. Yeah. Yeah, how are you?
0: I'm very good. I went to Prague the weekend of the Royal Rumble. Yes. I had a very nice time. Lots of arty places, lots of great architecture. Very good pictures. Good. Yeah, it made getting home for the Rumble a bit knackering though.
1: Yeah, I can imagine.
0: It is indeed WrestleMania season, and things are ramping up again. Kyle, this is our fifth Royal Rumble that we we're covering on the podcast. Wow! For me, it's
1: my favourite pay-per-view. WrestleMania is obviously up there as like the grandest stage of them all. Yeah. But I just the Royal Rumble match is just great. I can go back and watch other Royal Rumble matches and not get bored just because of the way that the Rumble is
0: see this discussion on Twitter actually about whether the Royal Rumble really is the second biggest show of the year yeah. compared to SummerSlam mm. and yeah especially if they're going to be carrying on this tradition of going in the baseball fields yeah, having like venues twice the size of what SummerSlam has and there's lots of different starts to storylines we've seen the past couple of years SummerSlam has just continued stuff on yeah. and been a bit lame like that
1: my only thing that I would say for Rumble, if they are going to continue being in baseball stadiums, is I'd like to see a little bit of a stage. Even if it's just minimal and it's still low enough for you know, the crowd behind to see, but at least some sort of stage.
0: We all love a good stage. The 2020 Royal Rumble from the 26th of January 2020... In Minute Maid Park in Houston, Texas, 42,715 fans in attendance. Did you catch any of the kickoff show, Kyle? I did not. <laughs> ah, I got home from the airport which was midway through the US title match, so I actually had to seek this out and yeah. watch it. I mean,
1: watching the kickoff show live is bad enough. So going back and, and watching it when it's not live, that must have been... Tyson.
0: Yeah, but when you don't have the excitement of the pay-per-view ahead of you anymore, yeah. you, you really understand how lethargic some of these matches can be, which yeah. we'll get to. Highlight of the whole entire show, which I caught live, was our truth coming out, having a chat with Booker and Renee and Sideshow Bob. He was talking about entering the Royal Rumble and he wants to get his revenge on Brock Lesnar, but he's scared of Brock Lesnar because he might take him to Sioux Falls City. <laughs> Booker just was not trying whatsoever to keep a straight face and Renee was really struggling. As far as in-ring action goes, the first match saw Sheamus take on Shorty G. Sheamus started cutting promos in anticipation for his return round about the end of November and it seemed like they were building towards him getting into the actual Rumble match, but no, he's settling for beating up Shorty G because he's short. And he's not a G no <laughs> no one with a slogan like rise over size yeah. should be a, a G really. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so Seamus stands his ground from Gable's ground game early on and there's a wild crossbody by Gable that sends both of them over the top only for Seamus to start working over the arm and Gable had a really nasty cut on his ear when he got posted into the ring post Gable eventually fights back with chops and liger kicks. The moonsault gets caught in midair, but Chad then turned it into a DDT, and then actually got the moonsault, the Chaos Theory, which Seamus kicked out of, and then he turned an axe handle into the ankle lock, but Seamus got the ropes. Shotty G gets a crucifix counter to the Irish Curse, for an earfall, only to then get a brogue kicked, to get finished off at 12 minutes and 35 seconds. This is a solid safe match to get Seamus back into the rhythm of things. Yeah. Apart from a couple of counters, it was pretty unspectacular though. Yeah. The main event of the kickoff show saw the United States championship match between Andrade, the champion, defending against Umberto Carrillo. And Carrillo was injured by Andrade back in December and then returned after the Rey Mysterio and Andrade ladder match yeah. and saved Ray from getting injured himself. Big news, Tom Phillips is back in the hot seat as opposed to Vic Joseph. I like them both, but, you know, Tom Phillips is
1: legendary status, isn't
0: he? I said it since they had this sort of reshuffle. I don't really understand why WWE had suddenly decided that both Tom and Byron were crap at their jobs, because they're not. No. Vic, I do enjoy his work, but he's very play-by-play. Yeah. Like, he's very... This is what is going on right now. And Tom is just much more fluid in terms of linking things together, I think.
1: Yeah, and he talks about past stuff and you know what they're going through right now, not in regards to the match, but in regards to character development and stuff like that. Mm.
0: Yeah. Byron will be back the next night on Raw as well, mm. which is good too. We start off with some wacky flips by Carrillo. But then he gets sent into the barricade. During the commercial break... Andrade hit a tornado reverse DDT. Obviously not paying attention yeah. to the ref. <laughs> Come on, slow it down, lads. Commercial. <laughs> the ref was actually speaking to them in Spanish, though.
1: You never think about stuff like that when you've got like international superstars in the ring. Mm. The, the referee obviously needs to speak to them in a language that they're going to find very clear and understanding. So. It
0: varies from culture to culture. The way I understand it is in Japan, you're taught to call wrestling in English. All right. So even when you're communicating to each other in the ring, you do it through English. Quite cool. Andrade hooked in this funky Rito Romero style cover on Andrade. It's like hooking his arms behind his feet and like <laughs> joining his ankles together and like rocking him onto his shoulders a couple of times.
1: Strange. I don't think I can do that justice with that description, but
0: it's very odd. Carillo flips out and hits a springboard crossbody. His moonsault then eats the knees, but he then he makes up for it with a spectacular moonsault to the outside, immediately countering a baseball slide. That was seriously well timed. He gets a cradle out of a DDT and a super kick, then a ridiculous top rope standing Hurricane Rana for some near falls, before finally. Andrade rolls through another Hurricane runner to get the free count and retain his championship after 14 minutes and 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. Pretty similar story, really. There were some nice flourishes, but I don't know. I feel like Carrillo's just missing something still. Yeah. He feels significantly slower than a bunch of these other high flyers.
1: Yeah, I see where you're coming from with that. I also think that he's missing something look wise. Someone on. Commentary was saying that he used to wrestle in a mask. Oh right. So maybe putting him in a mask, I don't know, you know, keep him with the storyline with Ray or mm. something like that, that might add to his character a little bit, because I just feel there's something just missing there.
0: One thing I miss about the old two or five lives, Nigel McGuinness and Aiden English fighting over who's more handsome, yeah. Career <laughs> or Angel, and Angel's a much nicer lad, I'm sorry. Humberto's got this like Toady wide face, you know, like Walter. Yeah. That just irritates me for some reason. I mean, you're comparing two family members now, aren't you? I know, yeah, <laughs> that's that's why it's such a narrow competition, <laughs> yeah. Kyle. Yeah. Onto the main show and oh hell yeah old Stone Cold's back cutting one hell of a promo in the intro package. Just brilliant, brilliant promo. Yeah. Really, really hyped up. Yeah. We then lose all of that momentum because the opening contest <laughs> is a Yawns Count Anywhere match. Roman Reigns taking on King Boring. I mean, King Corbin. This feud started off being based around dog puns and then dog food got involved. This is all appropriate because it turned into a load of dog shit. I mean, I can't add to that. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we get an utterly terrifying view of this augmented reality Roman Reigns before he comes to the ring.
1: I've said in pretty much all of these podcasts that have got that in, I don't understand it. I don't know why it's on there. It doesn't add to anything. (laughs) It's stupid.
0: (laughs) The audience can't see it, so it doesn't like hype them up. Why do we need to (laughs) see that? (laughs) I don't understand how it's meant to get us more excited. Again, I have no words for that. I don't know. <laughs> the other, the other thing people lose their minds over, the like the tennis ball faces for oh, Alexa yeah. and Nikki. Yeah. Jesus worked. Graves and Cole bring up the prospect of this match possibly leaving one of these men too injured to compete in the rumble later, so both be entering the Royal Rumble match. Yeah, I mean,
1: we we know that that would have never happened. I was really struggling to invest in this match, and like you. Having this as the first match was just very much like, oh, for God's sake. But then at the same time, I did think this pay-per-view could only get better. So it's like eating your veg before your chicken or, do you know what I mean? I'm a picky eater and I'd
0: leave any food I don't like on the plate. So (laughs) that's not going to work for me. (laughs) Roman had to watch a replay of the first dog food incident on the screen and that leads to him attacking Barry on the outside to kick off the match. Cue a bunch of meandering brawling. Yeah. (laughs) We get a cannonball buster by Roman and then a deep six by Corbin to trade a couple of near falls. A chokeslam onto the table by Barry and then a second that actually breaks the table both get near falls. Reigns responds with a Simone drop through an international announce table, which triggers USA chance <laughs> for some reason. Do you, know, do you know what I absolutely love about this? Yeah, like, you've pretty much cut
1: this match down into like a <laughs> few sentences compared to
0: what you would normally do as a normal <laughs> match. There's literally <laughs> nothing <in> substance <laughs> in between here. I'm like halfway through the match at this point. They're in the crowd, obviously. I'll, I'll add a little bit that you've missed that I wanted to point out. All oh, right, go. I don't understand.
1: It's all supposed to be believable and we're all supposed to be invested in it. But I just, for some reason, cannot invest in Roman Reigns punching Corbin and Corbin dazily stumbling through the crowd without Corbin either A, running away or B, turning around and hitting him back. He did it about six punches in a row of just, right, we're going this way. On another punch, and we're going
0: this way. I was like Come on, just someone turn around and hit him back, please. It's the momentum of the punches, Kyle, is carrying him forward in that direction. There's no ring ropes to no, keep I, him up now. Oh God, I was just like, what is, "What is going on?" I am, of course, being facetious here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is a very walky-brawly match. Yeah. <laughs> it's not very entertaining. <laughs> another someone dropped through an international announce table. Best part of this is you hear the international lads yeah. making the calls <laughs> in between. Rude and Ziggler get involved, and then the Usos, who returned the other week, also get involved. Jimmy does a big dive off some of the equipment or whatever. Then Roman Superman punches Corbin twice, traps him in a 1 800 toilets porta potty, <laughs> and tips it over. Cole quips Well, the king can sit on his throne now. <laughs> The finish comes with the spear on the dugout roof, finally ending the match. Twenty-one minutes twenty seconds. Twenty one minutes of absolute nothing. Exactly. Needlessly wow. long, dull and meandering. The finish at least made for a good visual in this unique venue, but please go away, Corbin. Yeah. I don't want anyone telling me oh he's so over, he's such a magnificent heel. People don't boo him because he's over. People boo him out of fatigue. Yeah. Every one of his segments is like 10 minutes too long. Mm. One thing I would
1: say, though, on Corbin's behalf, is that I think he's a good wrestler to match up to someone to have a safe match. That's it. But I'll give him that.
0: Yeah, considering there was several table spots in here, this still felt pretty safe. Yeah,
1: Because there's a a rumour going around about matches to come of him working with wrestlers that may not necessarily do full schedules. Okay. And I understand them choosing Baron for that because, like I say, I think he is a very safe wrestler.
0: For a super tough dude, he takes care of his opponent very well. He does, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Backstage, Owens and Joe are both excited for the Rumble. Kevin's saying that Houston is his city. Joel makes it clear that Owens is not going to stop him from going to WrestleMania. And then we get an interview with Fire and Desire. With Sonya promising that she'd sacrifice herself for Mandy if they were the final two participants.
1: Ha! <laughs> they always say
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> we then get an advert for Ms and Mrs. Season 2, which promises to be Maurice Cieri. M- M- wait, hang on. How do you say it? <laughs> <laughs> Maurice? Ear, Ms. Ear, and Monroe Ear.
1: Movies, <laughs> yeah. Love it. All right, cool. <laughs> is the first one even on the network yet? No, I don't think it is. Yeah. The newest update for Total Divas is on. All oh, right. okay. Not that I watch it, but it is, mm. it's been added.
0: It's like all the, the other USA shows go up after 30 days yeah. or whatever. And NXT's up instantly. Yeah, Unless it might be and I've missed it. Yeah, I just don't remember seeing it. That's the thing. We're about to head into our first Royal Rumble match, so we'll go into a quick break here and talk briefly about the Worlds Collide event.
1: Very good. Again, just another example of why NXT is breaking boundaries wherever they go. I think it was a really nice mix of the NXT UK and the normal NXT mixing together and I also think that it just showed that actually we ignore NXT UK and it's just an NXT brand isn't it, you know in theory Mm. and they've done that with the belt now haven't they so the belt is no longer a United Kingdom championship it's an NXT heavyweight championship
0: yes they use the fact that Volta's original title got nicked in Chicago as an opportunity to rebrand. Yeah. So there's the NXT UK logo on there instead of just the WWE one. Yeah. So
1: I think that's quite cool. I
0: don't know. That's kind of disappointing though. Like the WWE United Kingdom Championship is just more elaborate and it sounds more prestigious that way as opposed to the NXT UK Championship. It's like before they were the WWE, it was always the World Wrestling Federation Championship. Yeah. And nobody says World Wrestling Entertainment Championship because it sounds stupid if you say it that way. Yeah, true. Um, It kind of lost some of its ring. there.
1: Do you not think, and I'm hoping that I'm right here, I've been thinking this a while and I'm only thinking about this because of past ways things have happened. So, the NXT UK brand is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Okay, with more superstars. They've only got one belt. Singles belt. Their secondary belt will be the European Championship. Oh. It has to be.
0: <laughs> it 100% has to be. Mm. Just thought I'd throw it out there. Okay. You've heard yeah. it here first. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> see. I really enjoyed it. The two matches I was most looking forward to were the ones that delivered the most for me both the tag ones mm. DIY and Mustache Mountain got a little bit cutesy at times but it was fantastic yeah I know I've had my misgivings about Johnny Gargano's character but it was kind of interesting to see him interact with Champlain again
1: yeah the whole DIY tag team chemistry was good mm-hmm. and I've heard a few comments about you know oh, can we keep DIY back together and I can keep them together and, and whatnot, and no, I'd be happy with that mm-hmm. yeah it was good and you always know that you're getting the best from Mustache Martin
0: yeah for sure and you got the end there they teased Finn and Tyler yeah you know. yeah and then the, the, the main event the, the two factions against each other nice work all round it's kind of the Shield versus Wyatt's moment for Undisputed Era yeah they <laughs> undisputedly the baby faces <laughs> in, the, in the match and then the crowd also really really like Walter but not so much any of his minions kind no. of like how they really really liked Bray and not so much his minions Yeah. and it was really exciting
1: yeah and I think the the episodes since that as well have only added to it you know it's not like lost steam like you were saying about Finn and Tyler they tease that that's looking like a high potential since Finn's you know, been going after Trent.
0: Poor old Trent is always like the gatekeeper to getting to Tyler now, I and mean, he always gets beaten up. <laughs> no. <laughs> what is this? A progress show? Second match on is the women's Royal Rumble. Who would you you think would be the contenders for this match, Kyle? So straight away,
1: I'd have gone Alexa Bliss. Okay. Charlotte Flair. Hmm. Shayna Baszler. I think they'd probably have been my top three considering, like, storyline wise.
0: Mm. Yeah, Shayna was the one I couldn't look past for me. Yeah. She's clearly, in my view, done everything she can in NXT. Yeah. A nice way to sort of transition her on, and she's got a little bit of unfinished business with Becky from Survivor Series. Yeah. A nice way to transition her over to that, whilst also. Booting her up even more. Yeah. Not very many names announced beforehand. No. As this field goes.
1: I quite like that.
0: I don't like the idea of
1: knowing who's going to come out in the Rumble because I think it loses its mystique. The whole idea of the Rumble is like, oh my god, who's coming out next? Yeah. I mean, if they announced the names, you would never know which order they were coming out, but you'd still know who's in the match. So yeah, I like the mystique behind it of, of not really announcing many. And that way, they they can do what they want then, can't they? They can change, oh, right, well, how long for coming out then? you know.
0: I like a good sort of middle ground, like having half the people announce to something and then yeah. the other half are surprises. Mm. Well, coming out at number one is tennis ball AR woman Alexa Bliss. <laughs> yeah. She's got an uphill struggle, Kyle. Even more so, when number two comes out, hell yeah, I'm on my NXT's Bianca Belair. Yeah. Although she's already got an NXT title match in Portland, so why does she need to be in this match? That's very true. But these
1: are the sort of things that WWE think we can ignore. Because mm-hmm. there's another one that's happened most recently that we'll get into at the end. Right.
0: This is such a great segment to get Bianca over. She gets all aspects of her athleticism over in this match. It's a handspring moonsault before number three comes out. Holy legends, Hurricane. It's Mighty Molly. She flew without her cape. That's illegal. (laughs) And she still looks great. Yes. (laughs) She looked better than I started. Yeah, she looked brilliant. Definitely she'd be really useful to have as like a agent of somebody to stick around and do the odd angle or two with someone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mickey James is apparently working as a backstage agent now. Oh wow. And she reportedly laid out a whole chunk of this match. Ah,
1: brilliant.
0: I like Mickey. Mm. Number four is Alexis Tag Team Partner. She's a six (laughs) poor! Nikki Cross
1: (laughs) I'm Nikki the I'm a sixpo
0: You see that video backstage. (laughs) (laughs) My missus is obsessed with that. Every time she sees Nikki now, she's like, I'm a six (laughs) poor." She comes and saves Alexa, but then Bianca hits the kiss of death on Nikki, onto Alexa. Yeah. Number five is Lana, who wants us to welcome the greatest double-double superstar in the world. The only good thing about Lana was her costume. Oh, sorry, the Captain Marvel. Yeah, Captain yeah. Marvel, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. I just can't be doing it Lana.
0: I really can't. <laughs> Running theme of this match is Nikki Cross taking everybody's finishes. <laughs> so yeah. she takes Lana's X-Factor. Then out at number six, a real surprise here, very recent NXT signee, Mercedes Martinez. Yeah. And she's busters Cross, and it hits really cool suplexes to people. Number seven, looking amazing, is Liv Morgan. She eliminates Lana, but then Lana gets on the apron and eliminates Liv. Oh. and that rivalry continues. Yeah. Number eight is Mandy Rose, who hits a big knee to Nikki Cross. Number nine is Candice LeRae, who hits a lion salt to Nikki Cross. Bianca eliminates Molly Holly, and it looks like Alexa eliminated Rose... But luckily enough, she landed on a caterpillar. (laughs) That segment was amazing. Otis had (laughs) wormed his way from underneath the ring and saved Mandy, so her feet never touched the floor.
1: Brilliant. Absolutely
0: brilliant. Number 10 is Sonya Deville. I really liked the way she was brawling with Mercedes here. Yeah, And then she teams up with Mandy to hit high and low on Mercedes and eliminate her. Number 11 is Kyrie Sane, still coming out to pirate music, despite being this Rita Repulsa banshee woman yeah. now. Actually, I think they need to go
1: back to that pirate sort of look for her. I'm not liking this new character
0: choice. No? No. Oh. It's a double interceptor to Bliss and Cross. Why do they always time this so that... Kyrie is hitting her elbow drop by the time the next person's coming out so that the camera misses it. This yeah. happens every year in the Rumble. Yeah. That next person is number 12, Mia Yim. It's a nice net breaker on Kyrie and eat defeat to Nikki Cross. Cross saved Alexa from a military press, but Bianca swings Bliss into Nikki and Nikki gets eliminated. And Alexa has to hang on to Bianca's braid to survive. Yeah. Sonia accidentally struck Mandy from off the apron, but Otis caught her. And then Bianca knocks Sonia onto the pile, and so Fire and Desire both get eliminated. I was upset about that. Mm. Otis was as well, as Tom Phillips put it. Otis is beside himself, to which Graves responds, He's beside a lot of people, Phil- Phillips! Look at the size of him! Number 13 is Dana Brooke who hits a swanton bomb on Mia Yim. Miss Batista. (laughs) (laughs) Then Mia comes back with a cool striking combo. Belair then eliminates Candice with a military press. Bliss cut Kairi off on the top rope to eliminate her. Then number 14, Tamina comes out, who just basically exists to be eliminated by Bianca. (laughs) Ridiculous. Number 15 is Dakota Kai and her... Shoulder shroud of evil. Yeah. <laughs> How do you designate that you're a heel when you're a, a women's wrestler? Put a shroud on his shoulders. <laughs> Bliss eliminates Mia again, And number 16, Chelsea Green, comes out. Immediately eliminates Dakota for some reason. I don't know whether I just missed it completely, but was Chelsea
1: Green coming out just out of the blue? I don't feel like she was... Not deserving. deserving. is not the right word, but I don't know. I just... I'm sure there was other people that could have done that.
0: You feel it's a bit soon Yeah, in the course of this gimmick to yeah. be in this spot in the match. Yeah. I was a bit like, oh. Right. Okay. Yeah, her push does kind of feel out of the blue. Like, her and Deonna worked really, really hard on the house show circuit to make a team out of themselves, and mm. then... They got some spots in the holiday TV tapings and yeah. Chelsea's now got this new gimmick on NXT and Dionna's still going up and working main event matches.
1: Hmm. Maybe
0: something'll come of that soon. Yeah. Chelsea gets eliminated by Bliss, then Bianca eliminates Dana, which returns us back to the two women who started the match. Yeah. The twisted Bliss eats knees. And both women end up on the apron. And this time, Bianca uses her hair to her advantage and pulls Bliss into the post to eliminate her. Oh, you genuinely gutted when Alexa Bliss got eliminated. That was a nasty-looking bump as well. Yeah. As soon as this happened, I'm like, oh, it would be cool if Charlotte comes out now. <laughs> so, number 17. <laughs> it's Charlotte Flair. She chops away at Bel-Air, but then her spear eats the turbuckles. Oh, this is when the match really, really ramps up here because following Charlotte at number 18, we have an amazing <laughs> entry. Bring it to the well,
1: and all of a sudden, Houston is feeling the glow. I and mean, we haven't seen Naomi a competition in months.
0: The former
1: SmackDown Women's Champion. I love it. Love what you did there.
0: It's Naomi. <laughs> She's back in the WWE to a huge pop. With a hell of a throw. Oh, so heartening to see so many people from outside of wrestling that, like, see that clip of her coming out. And like, okay, we're watching wrestling now. Yeah. She hits a hurricanrana on Bianca. And then the hits keep coming because at number 19... The Hall of Famer, the Glamazon, Beth Phoenix comes out. Naomi hits a great springboard crossbody to Beth and Flair. Number 20 is NXT UK's Tony Storm. Bianca heads up top for a 450 splash, but Charlotte kicks her off the ropes to eliminate her. Number 21 is Kelly Kelly, who hits a stink face to Tony. <laughs> yeah. Bit of a throwback there. Beth is bleeding from the back of her head. Yeah, I... I was trying to work out where this spot was. Like, where did that happen? Well, there's one point where she's on the top with Bianca, and I heard, like, a thud or a crack Ah, or something. was
1: that that? We'd literally just watched it as, (laughs) as it happened.
0: And, like, it was, like, a really loud thing. Like, her head hit the back of the post. But it took forever, like, to see blood, so I wasn't quite sure if it was the spot or not, but... That's literally the only thing I could think of it.
1: So, this is going to be a podcast first and we're actually going to go live.
0: Oh, we're going to V.A.R. <laughs> here.
1: I'm going to see what happens here. Right, so, she goes over to the corner.
0: Beth and Bianca are pairing up in the corner here.
1: Bianca's lifting her up onto the turnbuckle. Yeah. And it's the the first hit, isn't it? Oh, yeah, you hear that then? Oh, yes.
0: So Beth kind of bumps for Bianca's forearm and she does it too much and loses track of her head and it seems like she hits the top of the post. That was very loud. See, I didn't notice that the first time. That is very loud. Beth is really going after Charlotte for like Trying to kick her out and she's hanging on for dear life. It's fucking awesome. Number twenty-two, Sarah Logan. Commentary spend most of her time in the ring talking about how she was one of the only women to be announced, and then she gets immediately eliminated. She's another strange one where I'm thinking she's kind
1: of stuck at the moment. She doesn't really have like a storyline. I know she's been doing stuff with Charlotte Flair, but you know, nothing of note. I like Sarah Logan. Ooh. I'm just. Need to
0: find something for her. Yeah, so Charlotte eliminated her, and then Kelly gets eliminated by Charlotte as well. Number twenty-three is Natalia, who hits an awesome discus lariat to Charlotte, and then teams up with Beth, and they do a double powerbomb on Charlotte. Number twenty-four is Zia Lee. Mark Henry asks, "You're seeing this?" <laughs> oh, she does lots of cool kicks. And then has to really, really hold on as Flair tries to get her out of the ring. Number twenty-five is Zelina Vega, who hits an awesome DDT to Naomi. Then a Hurricane round at Beth, Zion, Natty, and Beth all start ganging up on Charlotte in the corner. It's really, really cool, especially the way Beth spotted she had it in, yeah. and she was trying to like get a mare on Charlotte over the top. Yeah. Number twenty-six, another super recent NXT signee. Shotzi Blackheart? Quite a rise up here.
1: Well, like we were saying, at what point do you get put onto that list? Do you know what I mean? You obviously think highly of it.
0: Yeah, for Mm. sure. I watched that Evolve show that was on the network for some reason. Mm. She was in the only women's match on that show and it was a real barn burner, like a really tough, hardcore match. She took this amazing bump doing a suicide dive onto a stack of chairs. Yeah. Naomi is in real trouble with the Divas of Doom, but she manages to hang on to the barricade, a la John Morrison. Yeah. Number 27 is Carmella, who hits a really, really big head scissors to Natalia, and then a double Bronco Buster, only to eat natural selection from Charlotte. I was waiting for some sort of comment from Corey
1: when. Carmella came out but I don't know if he's been nixed from saying anything
0: he was really selling that head scissors yeah. so, that's a ride on the Mella go round
1: <laughs> I suppose you... being in a relationship whether you can I don't know hype your partner up because I, f- I found that with Ambrose mm-hmm. you never really got the excitement from commentary when Ambrose had a match
0: Beth hits a glam slam to Charlotte. And number 28, Tegan Knox comes out. Good to see Tegan back. Yeah. She hits a choke slam on Zelina. Hashtag yeah. Lady Kane. <laughs> but then she gets put down with a glam slam as well. Then we get to easily the lowest point of the night. Number 29, Santina Marella. Oh my God. It was
1: absolutely embarrassing.
0: Thankfully, they eliminate themselves. And then we get to number 30, and business is picked up because it's Shayna Baszler. And at this point, shit really goes down because she eliminates Zaya, Tegan, Zelina, and Shotzi in quick succession. Meanwhile, Naomi, who is hiding out on the announce tables after surviving yeah. on the barricade, builds a bridge to walk from the announce table back onto the steps. And then gets eliminated Gosh. by Shayna. <laughs> that always happens. Baszler then also eliminates Carmella and Tony. The Divas of Doom gang up on her and hit the heart attack. Mm. Nice spot. But then Beth eliminates Natalia. Revenge from the first Women's Royal Rumble. Yeah. There's then a big pot for Shayna and Charlotte squaring off. But Beth nearly tosses Charlotte out. So Shayna eliminates Beth. And Flair hangs on again. Finally, heads his Shayna out over the top rope to win my only thing with that
1: is that she's looking around for the head scissors the second time like she should have done it the first time
0: Mm. do you know what i mean you could look at the first attempt as maybe we're trying to get the bearing still or maybe we're trying to yeah good point bring up the drama
1: yeah
0: i just that last thing that i
1: that happened. I just thought, were they t- supposed to be doing that in the first instance, you know? What do you think overall, Kyle? Really, really enjoyed it. My only thing that I, I wasn't so keen on was the Santina bit. Yeah. I just felt it was a bit derogatory towards the fact that they could have just had all girls in it. I didn't kind of see the funny side of it. I just thought it was a bit... Nah, why? Why have we
0: done this sort of thing? Other than that, I thought it was brilliant. Mm, yeah, really good. Very entertaining match. Don't think it was quite up to the same standards as the previous years. It didn't quite have the right flow or rhythm for a proper classic rumble match. Mm. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. Major props to Nikki Cross for selling everybody's shit in the first half of that yeah. match. Yeah, yeah, and then to Beth Phoenix in the second half keeping the match together with that big bloody cut on her head she was just always doing great things with hang on spots and pairing off with different people working with a whole range of women despite like I said her head wound Yeah, I thought there was also great performances by Bianca and Shayna as well which we'll get into I really feel like this should have been Shayna's match for me Charlotte she didn't really have anything of interest going into this match. Her storyline was just the generic well, I'm going to the Royal Rumble match. Mm. I suppose
1: that her, her thing is she said she'd do it and she did it. Mm. That's kind of where she's going with But I, I totally agree with you about it. it. should have been Shayna's. I suppose storyline-wise now with Charlotte it is... It, well, are we still getting Shayna coming up? Because in theory, Charlotte...
0: Could potentially just replace Shayna within NXT. Mm. She's got a lot of unfinished business with Rhea Ripley. So maybe something will come of that. That seems like the most likely avenue anyway. That's certainly the most appealing. Charlotte's not really got very much fresh left to do on either roster.
1: Yeah. I quite like the idea that bigger superstars are going to NXT. Mm. You know, first Finn, now Charlotte. I think that it just... Shows 100% how well NXT are doing and that
0: now all these big guys want to get back involved with it. So, as far as the top performers of the match go, uh, Iron Women, who lasted the longest. Number five was Naomi, really good return with 22 minutes and a second. Mm-hmm. Fourth was Beth with 23 minutes and five. At three, Alexa on 26 minutes 34. Second was the winner, Charlotte, on 27 minutes 19. And then at number one, Bianca Belair lasted 33 minutes and 20 seconds. Wow. That's brilliant. As far as eliminations go, at number four, Alexa Bliss had three. At number three, Charlotte Flair had four. And then joint winners, both setting and breaking the record, were Bianca Belair and Shayna, who each got eight eliminations. Now... I've seen
1: grumbles already on Twitter of this is another Triple H thing of having the NXT wrestlers coming off well on another pay-per-view. Putting aside my allegiances to Triple H,
0: they're just really, really good athletes, so they're just giving them the spotlight they deserve. NXT's women's division is the best women's division in all of wrestling, And and it propped up... Over half of this match, mm. like there's barely over half a dozen from each of Raw and SmackDown yeah. in this match. You'd you'd really be struggling for bodies and interesting characters. Otherwise, Shayna and Bianca are both set for really, really top things in wrestling overall. Yep. That'd be the case if Triple H was the developmental guy or not you know they've just got star quality and we're going to see that in the coming months yeah after the max charlotte cut a pretty generic promo that essentially boiled down to love me i hate me it's still an obsession love me i hate me that is the question if you like me then thank you if you hate me then i hate you yeah She was very sort of tweenery in this match. Yeah. Couldn't get a real grasp on no. which direction she was going here. No. Then get an advert for WWE Twenty Four WrestleMania in New York, New York. Yeah. No mention of New Jersey at all here. Now. We
1: need one at Wembley. Yes. I'd a hundred percent go.
0: Yes. Or even a SummerSlam. Something. Give us something. <laughs> yeah. Give us all that money you're paying the Saudis. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we'll put on a hell of a weekend for you. <laughs> yes. King Corbin's then interviewed and has a moan about the Usos getting involved to help Roman. Match number three is for the Smackdown Women's Championship. Bailey, the champion defending against Lacey Evans. They've been dragging their feet about having this match for quite a few weeks now. Finally, a couple of weeks ago on SmackDown, Lacey won a non-title match to earn this title shot. Mm -hmm. I hate Bailey's new music. Yeah, same.
1: Very, very generic. For a top superstar as well,
0: your generic tracks normally go to your mid-carders, don't they? Well, CFOs are gone now. Nobody in WWE knows how to handle music. Really? The I think people guess they left around about August, and all of the f- new themes that have happened since then have been... Oh, wow. Way downhill. Right. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realise they'd left. Mm, yeah. Why is Lacey still acting like an utter caricature coming out and waving her hanky and shit like, Woo-hoo! Woo-wee!
1: I can't seem to get into the character of Lacey. I think she's a great wrestler, I think she's a great performer, but I just cannot get a hold of her character.
0: Well, my understanding of it was they had a pretty serious sit-down interview between her and Michael Cole where she tried to shift this narrative to give her some sympathy for being in the Marines as opposed to... Making her this intimidating figure for being in the Marines. Yeah. And now she's all, oh, golly, it's so hot in here, I need my hanky. You're either going to trim this gimmick up a bit and become the proper Americana hero that they want you to be, or you're still going to pretend like it's the 1940s. I think that she
1: should come out in some Marine baggies. Uh huh. And, you know, the full belt boots. Yeah. And wrestle like
0: that. That'd be cool. Children are innocent and they shouldn't really be judged, but get the camera away from her little gremlin child, please. (laughs) 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 When everyone on Twitter was like, oh, Lacey's daughter stole the show on Smackdown that week. I'm like, okay, I wonder what she did. She was like, growling at Bailey and stuff. I'm like, how are you raising that child? (laughs) who growls at someone (laughs) in an intimidating manner (laughs) Bailey goes to loosen the turnbuckle right away but gets her leg swept out from under her so she feigns a knee injury and ends up flapjacking Lacey into the buckle then she gets her elbow drop for a two count Lacey gets her head scissors but still gets wrestled down get a knee lift and a weird springboard roll up to start her comeback she hits a handspring bonco, bronco bust no. bronco bust she hits a handspring bronco buster and then she's lucky she didn't die doing springboard basement drop kick Yeah, that didn't look nice <laughs> they didn't cover well the commentary no. like, Cole's like she made it look effortless didn't she <laughs> <laughs> no she made herself look lucky yeah. she didn't hurt herself Another springboard is massively messed up as Lacey's daughter makes more goblin faces at Bailey. The Bailey to Bailey is blocked with a net breaker, but then the Moon Soul eats knees and Bailey grabs her tight to get the free count to mercifully end this and retain her title at nine minutes and twenty. What do you make to this, Kyle? It was an all right match,
1: average. It turned into a poor match. On the finish, the, the finish just didn't make sense. Knees up, pin, done. We've spoke about this a lot, haven't we? That those sort of finishes don't seem to work mm. unless your character is desperation. You know, if they'd have done a half an hour match, then having that finish would make sense. Of oh my god, I've got to do anything to get a pin.
0: But this sort of match, it doesn't work. It felt like they. Being- I hadn't managed the time quite so well, so it it did feel kind of sudden. I didn't feel like this was good overall. I thought the heat on Lacey was really boring, and then Lacey largely made a mess of her comeback. Yeah. I'm not sure this Bailey heel run is really working. No. I think we need to see a, a Sasha
1: turn or... Barely bailey face i don't know something needs to happen between them two and then you know we might see a bit of a shift but i i know what you mean with the bailey
0: heel thing she's the biggest absentee from the royal rumble sasha she is injured i've heard numerous different things of what it could be i've heard it's a rolled ankle i've heard she hurt her ribs because dana swanton bombed her all sorts. I mean that, that Swanton, to be fair, didn't look nice. <laughs> mm. But yeah, that does seem like the obvious direction to go in for mm. WrestleMania. Certainly, the thing that would generate the most interest. Because, like I was saying, with the Bailey character, the role model thing was quite good at first, and her slashing her Bailey buddies was fucking awesome. Yeah. But then, it's been a little bit too generic. Yeah. We then get the video package for the strap match with Daniel Bryan saying that the fans revived the Yes movement and then he got scalped by The Fiend. Bray says that The Fiend wants to remind Bryan of the time he betrayed the Wyatt family. Mm. Bryan returned to TLC and challenges him to a strap match so that The Fiend can't disappear. The Fiend then signed the contract on the SmackDown before the show in his own blood. Yeah. So that's our fourth match of the evening. The strap match for the Universal Championship. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, defending against Daniel Bryan. So both men are going to be tied to each other by the wrist, but victory is only going to be by pinfall or submission. We're not going to get the lame touch the corner thing like we usually do. Bray listens to his hurt glove before getting strapped in. We get a powerbomb out of the corner really early by Wyatt, and that cuts Bryan off then swats him into the barricade from a suicide dive and constantly throughout this match whipping Brian and the whelks that appear on Brian's back. Yeah, utterly sick. They they are horrendous. We get a big urinagi by Bray, but Brian escapes the Sister Abigail with a running knee for a near fall. Bray then gets shit-canned over the top and Daniel hits a crossbody from the top, then uses the strap to repeatedly pull him face-first into the ring post. He hits the knee from the apron, but the fiend immediately rebounds with a clothesline. Brian saves himself from going through the table with repeated low blows. And he hits a DDT onto the table. And at this point, Brian finally realizes that he can use the strap as a weapon. It's a second rope dropkick, yes kicks, and strap lashing combos. The running knee gets immediately turned into the Sister Abigail in one fell swoop for a near fall. That was nice. We get a simultaneous mandible claw from the Fiend and triangle choke from Brian that Daniel eventually turns into a label lock using the strap. Mm. The Fiend then brawls out and Bray hits another knee for a close near fall and Brian's like a man possessed. But the Fiend gets up on his feet. No cells lashes from the strap and locks on the mandible claw to win the match and retain his championship after 17 minutes and 35 seconds. Do you
1: know, a no-sell in the right places absolutely blows the building. Like, how effective that was, of the fact that that has happened to Brian. Brian's felt it right at the very end. Wyatt gets it, no-sells it. Holy shit brilliant and the reaction for Brian as well I really mm. put that moment over yeah. too. yeah I really enjoyed the match my only thing is I get the storyline of let's get tied together so the fiend doesn't disappear but at this sort of gimmick match don't like the strap matches
0: too repetitive yes mm-hmm.
1: yeah ignoring that it was a strap match I really enjoyed the match I think at the moment the Fiend is just running on rocket fuel. I think that his character, the way that the crowd react to him, everything is like he is the guy at the moment. And I think Daniel Bryan just was excellent. Really, really good.
0: Mm. On the night, both this and the SmackDown women's title match were the point where I was really starting to fade. But on the second watch, this was actually pretty good. I really liked the psychology of Brian only seeing this strap as a way to confine the fiend. Yeah. And he was refusing to use it as a weapon until you got to the bottom of the knife when he realised he was really in trouble and he, he needed to use it because, you know, he's got this kind of purity. He sees his advantages of the wrestling yeah. just so long as he could stay at the close quarters with the fiend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I get your point. It's a bit samey, but this is pretty watchable. Yeah, yeah. Not up to the standard of... The first time they wrestled at the Royal Rumble, no, no two thousand and fourteen, but still a solid piece of business.
1: What do you think about the fiend moving forward? Do you think he's absolutely perfectly fine solo, or could you see maybe additions?
0: I prefer you keep him solo. The whole gimmick is like this kind of internal conflict of, of this man processing his trauma. So, you have like the funhouse Bray and the fiend Bray, like kind of manifesting itself. And I feel like if you bring some firmer characters into that, it mess that up a bit.
1: One thing that I'd like to see, I'd like to see him go full Mick Foley. Say, we saw the fiend and Bray in one night. Right. Because essentially, they are one person but two characters. And even if, say, he brought a third wacky character out. Like the gym guy. <laughs> Do you know, he's so underrated. I absolutely love that video <laughs> where he's like... <laughs> it's just, yeah, like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He could really work with that. Even if he got pinned like the gym guy got pinned, and it's like, right, well, he's not lost the belt because the fiend holds the belt, or stuff like that. I think mm. that
0: would really work. Mankind has always felt like the right sort of example to follow as far as how Bray would work as a face character and mm. um, we've seen it get all oh so close like, a couple of times and they just always reverted back to type. I mean not that this character is reverted back to type they've done some innovative stuff with it but they've certainly improved things from the Seth situation.
1: Yeah. I think that because we are we are a smarter audience. I do agree that we, you know, with the internet and stuff like that. I think that Bray is our hero, regardless, if that makes sense. He,
0: he certainly gets positive receptions yeah. for a lot yeah. of his work. Yeah. Oh, joy. Super Showdown is back on February 27th. <gasps> they get the video package for the Raw Women's Championship match. Becky's out to avenge her only big black spot of 2019 and finally beat Asuka. Nice, simple story. Follows on from all sorts of issues with the Kabuki Warriors no. over the festive period. Yeah. My match I was most excited for going into this show.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I quite like the idea that Asuka is coming away from the tag team a little bit. I think that She's great in you know the Kabuki Warriors, but she comes into her own as a singles, so it's nice
0: to see her do some singles matches. Mm-hmm. So it's our fifth match of the evening with the Raw Women's Championship on the line. Becky Lynch defending against Asuka. So Asuka's still got her original singles music, and thankfully it fits better than Kyrie. Yeah, I think she's done a tremendous job with this heel term along with Kyrie. Yeah. And I like the way she's changed up her gimmick. She's also now my favourite YouTube star. <laughs> yeah. There's a really nice pace to start this match. Asuka blocks a baseball slide and swings Becky around to kick her in the arm. But then the hip attack missed and Becky locked on to disarm her in the ropes. Get a netbreaker from the second rope to get Asuka back in control again. Then a sweet whip reversal into a second rope drop kick for 2 mm-hmm. Becky drop kicks away another hip attack, brings Asuka onto the apron, and tries a T bone suplex. Then Asuka tries a German suplex, only for Becky to suplex Asuka face first onto the floor. Yeah,
1: that was nasty.
0: Yeah, that's a sign that, you know, you've got two people really committed to make a statement in this match. Yeah, and the, the trust factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's followed up by a T bone suplex into the barricade and a top rope leg drop back inside gets a near fall. One of Becky's European uppercuts is blocked into a backslide for two, and then Asuka blocks all of Becky's suplexes to hit a Fisherwoman jawbreaker for a near fall. Asuka's apron suplex is blocked, but she hip attacks Becky into the post. We then get a superplex that's blocked into an avalanche urinagi by Becky for a near fall. Asuka hits a cold breaker, and then turns the kick out into an armbar, And then into the Asuka lock before Becky finally gets the ropes. Yeah. There's one face wash kawada kick that Asuka does, but really seems to knock Becky out. But she grabs the ref before he can call the match off. There's another buzzsaw kick that gets a close near fall for Asuka. They then trade their submission counters. Becky makes do with a reverse DDT for a close near fall. She ducks Asuka's back fist and Asuka tries to spit her mist out but Becky kicks her in the gut and it gets spat away and Becky finally locks on to disarm her to get the submission and retain her championship after 16 minutes and 25 seconds. Do you know, I always... I mean, obviously
1: it can't be some sort of liquid that is harmful but when Tajiri used to do it and like when these two do it At the end of that match, it was literally like dripping in her eyeballs when she was like upset that she hadn't won the title. And I'm like, Is that not burning? (laughs) It'll just be food colouring and stuff. Yeah. It just I love how she's able to keep it throughout the whole match. I bet at some point the ref will slip it to her. And she's just bites into it and Yeah. So that's
0: how I feel they pull that off
1: I know that that sounds very naive of me that obviously there's, there's, there's tricks and stuff but <laughs> I, I mean, just I've always thought like they've wrestled
0: throughout the whole match and she's got that in her mouth <laughs> But well, people used to keep their blades in their mouths
1: oh my word some people did yeah jeez it's like there's a, there's a, a gap between your teeth
0: what do you think really
1: really enjoyed it I, this was definitely the stronger of the two women's matches And I think this is, for me, second in the normal matches. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Nice finish as well. You know, finally got away from their little trick. Yeah, this is terrific.
0: Really excellent way to cap off a year-long story. It's just a really tough tooth and nail contest. Exactly what this show needed. Crisp wrestling, fantastic moments of peril, and some really out there bumps and stiff strikes. Like, they, they really put themselves on the line here and went to put on a show and it came off. I mean, there was one time that I noticed
1: that I think... I don't know whether they were covering a botch or what, but, you know, when I asked her she was stuck on the ropes and Becky does, like, a running kick to the side of her head. Uh-huh. And... The way that Asuka went with it, it was like she was supposed to tip over the rope, but she didn't end up tipping because she caught a knee on the rope as she was going over. Right. So she ended up staying where she was and then Becky ended up doing the rock bottom off the second rope. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, I thought it was ace, but I think that that's, that also showed, you know, they trust each other to kind of do other ways of, of getting out of
0: it. Yeah, one of my favourite pairings in wrestling. Mm. The... Kept it like so sparingly that like it, it makes you really really anticipate it, and then when they actually get in the ring,
1: yeah, they deliver.
0: we then get a cheesy as fuck advert for WrestleMania because fuck when I'm on a boat, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, wow. we're about to head into our main event. Before we do that, I'll we'll take a quick break and. Going to question time. So I have a Royal Rumble-related question for you here, Kyle. Okay. What's your favourite ever surprise entry into the Royal Rumble match? Hmm. Recent,
1: AJ Styles.
0: Yes. Which they fucked up
1: with the camera. Uh We saw Roman Reigns' face instead of AJ. (laughs) So that would be my most recent one. And then I think going back not so much a surprise entrant but just the fact that it was that time of robot singer you know when he made that comeback of <coughs> do you know what i mean that's, that's my, my pick yes he, i was like how in the world are you even physically fit <sighs> Shit told me
0: Exactly, yeah. It was a total surprise. Yeah, Yeah, that's why it's my pick. Literally, so it's 2008. John Cena tore his pec in a match with Mr. Kennedy back in October the previous year. Yeah. And the prognosis was six to nine months. And we reached number 30 in the Royal Rumble. The buzzer hits, and he comes out, and it's Madison Square Garden, and the crowd is going fucking banana. It's the look on Triple H's face as well. Yeah. It's just like, you're not supposed to be here. (laughs) Yeah. It was fucking Ace. And then the other really cool part of it was, everybody just marks out for the surprise, and then when he starts wrestling, they're like, oh shit, we don't like this guy. (laughs) Yeah, that's why that's my favourite. It's only been a thing since like, I don't
1: know, the 10s really, of, you know, like having the surprise entrance. When it first started, you never had surprise entrance in the rumble. It was just your generic rumbles, wasn't it? And then, it sort of became a thing towards the mid 2004, 2005. It was like, alright, can we get into, like, surprise? Mm -hmm. Because they bring, like, legends back, wouldn't they? But it's now, like, a a big thing.
0: Before we get our main event, we get the Street Profits giving their Gen Z show recap. I it was nice of Montez to wear that tracksuit covered in the Games Master logo. Yes. <laughs> they speculate on who will win the Rumble through the medium of singing people's theme songs. Booker T then comes out to join commentary, because it's his hometown, and we're heading into the main event of the evening. It's the Men's Royal Rumble. Cole informs us that Lashley and Rusev won't enter because they beat each other up in the parking lot. We'll just take your word for yeah. it. And, you know, <laughs> who did you have as your runners and riders coming into in this one? Drew
1: McIntyre. All the hype that we'd seen of he's coming in and we'd seen all those interviews that they'd done on the network of the pressure that he'd had on, on from Vince McMahon when he came out as that the Scottish free agent. Okay. And it was like, he's the next big thing, future world champion. And then he went on to be in (laughs) three-man and The
0: greatest stable of all time. Yeah,
1: yeah. Whatever. Um, (laughs) And I don't know, just that programme, when I was watching it, I was like, they're hyping him up here. Yeah, I didn't know where this came from.
0: Yeah. I was like, why? Because it was just really random, wasn't it? And I was like, oh, right. Okay. Reading the raw reports every week didn't seem like he was up to all that much apart from the week before he had a thingy with styles yeah my other one was
1: roman obviously you've always got to put roman up there Mm -hmm. and then like the cynic in me was then thinking but would they have roman win it again so it was really hard for me to pick an outright who do i think other than like I say
0: withdrew because they, just they'd hyped him out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Roman was mine really. I couldn't tell what direction they were quite going in with the raw side of things. Yeah, or maybe some kind of celebrity was gonna come out and knock out Brock. It felt like to me, Brock's contender would come from this match, like whoever eliminates Brock is going to be the the point there. So then, okay, maybe you could use this to settle the SmackDown side of things as well and have a SmackDown winner. Yeah. And Roman is very clearly being kept very separately from the champion to keep the mystery about what might happen if he would meet the champion again up in the air and also just to maybe not quite force him down people's throats so much because he's been... Well and truly out of the title picture since oh, yeah. he came back. So, but I think that they've purposely done that. Definitely, because yeah. Because they want,
1: as well as obviously the circumstances, like when he came back, he was the man that could do no wrong. If he would won the title straight away, would we have seen Booze creep back in?
0: You might have got some pettiness out yeah. of it because you know I don't think. Smarks have any bounds as far as yeah. human decency goes. Yeah. Coming out at number one in this match is the WWE Champion Brock Lesnar because he just doesn't see that there's any other contenders for him, and I don't blame him for thinking no, that. Way. Yeah. He's the beast. Yeah. Since Rollins turned heel, there was absolutely no urgency whatsoever from the roster to address. No. The Brock situation. It's just like the WWE title disappeared. And now that Andrade's got a wellness suspension, the United States title's going to disappear. So who the, what are we going to do about singles championships on Raw now? I know
1: this is going to sound like it's gone off subject, but it'll full circle. You know how United have bought this new Fernandez guy from Sporting Lisbon? Right. On the lads group that we've got, they were all like putting on photos sort of like twitter and stuff of them saying oh apparently fernandez is the next big thing oh fernandez is the next big thing so automatically i was like ah, ah. so i was sending loads of brock gifts <laughs> nobody got it there was only somebody that got the, the thing everyone else is like who's this guy what the hell <laughs> we got into the conversation of we like well who does he need to face now? He is the thing, not the next big thing. He is the, yeah.
0: Well, maybe it could be number two. Dylan. Elias serenading himself to the ring and calling Brock a brain-dead gorilla. Nope, he gets thrown out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the massacre starts. Eric Rowan, who's being made to be booked to yeah. this unbeatable guy. Robert Roode... Fucking John Morrison. I was so annoyed with that. I have defended them to the back teeth of their use of John Morrison so far. It's been a really perfect fit for Miz's story. Not everybody has to be bang out of nowhere debut. WWE announced signings on their website all the time. you know. Mm. But this, he was in for nine seconds. It's a fucking waste.
1: There's at least twelve other people, I don't know that's very
0: specific, that could have taken that spot. Dolph Ziggler being one of them. <laughs> it's not until number six, Kofi Kingston, comes out that we have someone last a whole sequence. Yeah. Crowd really into Kofi getting his revenge here, attempting to. Number seven, Rey Mysterio, and then number eight, Big E, kind of rally together and gang up on Lesnar, and we get the Trouble in Paradise. The big ending. The 619. But then Ray jumps off of Big E's back. Straight into Lesnar to get eliminated. And Brock jumps off Big E's back.
1: That was a nice Takes Kofi down.
0: Yeah, it was fantastic. Didn't expect that. He then eliminates for New Day. And we're back to business as usual. Cesaro. Shelton Benjamin. After a nice tease of an alliance. Yeah. With his Minnesota running mate. Shinsuke. And a returning MVP have gone in quick succession. Then number 13 is the new NXT North American champion, Keith Lee. And you can see the look on Brock's face. He's like, oh, he's a big boy.
1: (laughs) I'm sure that it's Keith Lee where Brock Lesnar mouths, who's this guy? Yeah, you see him mouths like, who's this guy?
0: (laughs) Yeah, He's the first guy that truly feels like he's on equal footing with Brock here. Oh yeah And he gets to Knock him down Stereo clotheslines Leave them both The mercy Of number 14 <laughs> And the fucking Beef in this ring Is <laughs> off the charts now Hits some huge Shotgun dropkick To Keith Lee
1: All it needs Is a big short oh, yeah. Suplex <laughs> And that ring Is out of there <laughs>
0: Lee and Braun's issues catch up with them and Brock sneaks in from behind and eliminates both of them at the same time. We're fucking halfway through the field now. Number 15 is Ricochet and he survives long enough for number 16, Drew McIntyre, to come out. We get a low blow from Ricochet to Brock and Drew hits the claymore that sends Brock all the way over the top, and Brock Lesnar is eliminated, and that gets a monster pop. Fuck you, Brock. <laughs> <laughs> the catharsis is just
1: the the assist from Ricochet, the running kick from Drew. That will go down in history. We're making history. <laughs> making history.
0: Instant star-making moment. Yeah. And the intensity with how he's very, very cagey about Brock being yeah. at ringside still is—it's amazing. He then does an awesome job of manhandling Ricochet over the top rope. Yeah, nice throw. Amazing. Completely cleared the ropes. Number seventeen is the Miz, who eats a future shock DDT. Drew Kips back up, hits the claymore, and says bye to Miz. Yeah. Number 18, it's a phenomenal AJ Styles, and he wrestles a nice sequence with Drew. Number 19, Dolph Ziggler bumps amazingly for Drew's belly-to-belly yeah. belly suplex. That was nice. And we get number 20, Carl Anderson to come out and save his clubmate from elimination, and he nearly eliminates Dolph. Okay. Things go extra here. This is where my ass fell out. <laughs> number 21... Who's it gonna be? He's No,
1: no way. Oh my! You gotta be kidding me! The Rated R Superstar, Edge is here! Absolutely incredible. This guy was told if he ever wrestles again, he could be
0: in a wheelchair. What the actual F. I know. I'm always going to have that anxiety about some of the bumps he's going to take. But, my God, look at the emotion on his face when he comes out, when he gets that ovation.
1: Nearly in tears, wasn't he? Yeah.
0: And then he... Sets up and does his pyro and he's Edge again. I'm scared, but I'm happy. Yeah. It spears all round, except the camera misses the first one.
1: Yeah, typical.
0: Fucking Kevin Dunn. Ooh, Edge and AJ square off. Yeah. This feels like a tease for something. And then AJ tears his old rotator cuff, bumping for Edge's spear. This is nasty. Oh, God, right on the shoulder. Number 22 is King Corbin. Fuck off.
1: However, going back to what I said earlier in the podcast, that's the rumour of Edge's next opponent. Oh,
0: no. Because he's he's known as a safe performer. It's it's a very safe way to derail someone's push. Yes, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) AJ has to get eliminated early by Edge because his shoulder's fucked. Out of number 23 is Matt Riddle, and he's dispatched in embarrassingly quick fashion by Corbin. I think we really need to talk about how Riddle's mouth might be getting him into trouble. I think he got a very nice warning off Brock (laughs) to leave him the fuck alone. Apparently, Heyman pitched Riddle coming out in the Brock elimination sequence, and Brock was like... (sighs) Fucking having nothing to do with this lad, and so they switched Shinsuke in instead. Yeah. He got got Gobby to Goldberg as well. It's just. No wonder there's this edict now where NXT stars aren't allowed to call out Raw and SmackDown stars. I mean,
1: I get he wanting to make a name for himself, but it's not storyline him wanting to make a name for himself. But he takes it the next step. He does like the live videos of it's not the bro, it's Matt Riddle. And it's like, ah, mm,
0: no. But let's all ignore that. He's a chill guy, yeah, he's weed. Yeah. He's joined the group chat. Oh my god, yeah. oh, what a cool guy. Number 24 is Luke Gallows. And Corbin hits a deep six on Edge, only to be eliminated by McIntyre. And the club then hit the magic killer on Edge. Mm. Oh, if only he had a partner that could help him out. I know. Hmm. Who's he tag-teamed with? Number 25 is Randy Orton. Holy shit! Rated RKO! He goes on an RKO fest, and we get a nice little reunion with Edge as they eliminate the OC. Number 26 is Roman Reigns, and he spears Ziggler and eliminates him. Then, number 27, Kevin Owens comes out. Cannonballs for everyone. Pop-up powerbomb on Drew. Stunners to Reigns and Orton. We're then joined by number 28, Alistair Black, who has some great strikes. And it's a black mass on Drew. The black
1: mass on Drew, apparently, Drew said in a radio interview that it knocked him out.
0: Oh, God. Realistically, how do you take that move? I, I don't know. It must hurt. <laughs> I know. It's like, you, you can tuck your chin all you want, but yeah, and Ali can slap his pads all he wants but that foot's going to get in your face you know. Yeah it's nasty Speaking of nasty, number 29 is Samoa Joe Hell yeah, gimme Joe versus Alistair. Yeah. Come on Joe and Kevin end up going at it but then they stop themselves because out comes number 30 Seth Rollins. He's joined by his buddies buddy <laughs> <and> AOP. <laughs> they drag people on the outside and beat them up and we get curb stomp to Drew and then Roman. Buddy trips black up, which allows Seth to eliminate him. And then AOP catch Seth when Owens tries to eliminate him. That was nice. So then Seth eliminates Kevin Owens. And then, after being saved from the coquina clutch by Buddy, he eliminates some more Joe. That leads to Kevin and Joe brawling to the back with all of Seth's minions to take them out of a match. And so Seth left alone with a bunch of baby faces. I know, and he's on the turnbuckle shouting, where are you going, where are you going? <laughs> he tries to recruit his old mate Roman, but gets Superman punched. And then after a particularly strong worded altercation with Edge, storytelling, yeah. Drew eliminates Seth. Yeah, it's nice that. It's going back to when it was the authority. The authority. Mm-hmm. He had him in the money in the bank didn't he? with his head. Yeah. yeah. We're down to our final four. It's Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton and Edge. Drew takes an RKO and a spear from Edge and then a double RKO from Rated RKO. But after Orton teased hitting Edge with the RKO, Edge pulls his trigger and eliminates Randy. Roman hits a Superman punch on Edge but then Edge leapfrogs Reigns and hits a spear. Then get a war of attrition on the apron but sees Roman knock Edge's supporting arms away from the ropes to eliminate Edge. Yeah. It's agonising. It's like my favourite elimination ever where Batista just swipes Sean's arms away. Yeah. And then Drew comes in with the Claymore kick and eliminates Roman Reigns to win his first Royal Rumble match after one hour and 50 seconds.
1: Amazing. My favourite Royal Rumble match for a very, very, very long time. It was the perfect story. Brock did his part. I just enjoyed it. I thought it was really, really good. Perfect isn't
0: quite how I'd describe it. But uh, there's definitely a match of two halves here. I think overall, the first half, it felt too long and like there were too many people being made to look like geeks. Yeah, I think you could have trimmed a bunch of people out And just so long as you keep the main New Day and Mysterio, Keith Lee and Braun segments in, you get the same effect. Yeah, true. But the elimination of Brock itself was really well handled. Utterly star-making moment for Drew. And like we were speculating earlier, I feel like you could have possibly ended up with a different winner of the match and got. Two well, not you
1: could, stars could have still had Drew facing Brock even if he to one.
0: Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you, you could have made someone else in this match on top of Drew. You no, know, such was the goodwill with how that angle came off. Yeah, I think people would have allowed for that. But nevertheless, doubling down on Drew is no bad thing because he's a much newer face in the company. And certainly very new at being a babyface, so. Yeah, I think it's
1: fantastic that they're looking at Drew as you know the new guy to push forward. I enjoyed his work when he first came back into NXT, so yeah, he fully deserves
0: it. Yeah, I'm over the moon for him. The second half of the match then was really sublime. Some of the best booking in a Royal Rumble match ever. It had so many great stories bubbling through it. And I feel like the women's match earlier lacked a bit of that. You only really had fire and desire and bliss and cross in the early goings. Other than that, it just felt like people wrestling. Whereas here, you had Edge's comeback. You had his reunion with Randy Orton. You had the architects of pain and Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe and their whole issues going through as well really really riveting stuff at the end and Edge so cool seeing him mix up with the current crop of guys and he ad- so good as well he has a phenomenal shape yeah and I loved his interactions with Orton in this match this and the stuff that's followed from this match which I'm sure we'll have a brief convo about later on is some of the best use of Randy Orton I've seen in years yeah So we'll break down some of the best performers in this match as far as the Iron Men go. Number 5, Randy Orton lasted 14 minutes and 37 seconds. Number 4, Roman Reigns lasted 16 minutes and a second. At 3, a returning edge lasted 23 minutes and 43. Wow. Number 2, the WWE champion Brock Lesnar lasted 26 minutes and 24. And then the eventual winner Drew McIntyre Finished in first, lasting 34 minutes and 11 seconds. Eliminations. At number five, we had Roman, who scored two. Joint third were Edge and Seth, who had three each. Yeah. At two was the winner, Drew McIntyre. And then at number one, I guess the whole reason for booking him in this situation, Brock with 13 eliminations. Mm. So he's tied with Braun now for the yeah. most eliminations in a single but match. Technically, Braun was 13. 40 superstars? Oh, I forget it might have been 50 or something but yeah, yeah bronze was the greatest Royal Rumble yeah. so Brock's got the most eliminations for a 30 person yeah. match I think they're trying to very gently step away from the fact that they've made the greatest Royal Rumble a canon Royal Rumble
1: yeah, yeah I, I really enjoyed the show I thought it was really good I thought the best pair for you 2020
0: <laughs> oh very good <laughs> I was a bit more mixed on this as opposed to prior years. Yeah. I thought the Rumbles themselves delivered and definitely go out of your way to see Becky and Asker.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Becky and Asker's my match of the night and then the most notable star to come out of this is definitely McIntyre. Yeah. Like he's booked really, really well. Yeah, I think for the male, Drew
1: is the, the one that... Came out with a shining light, and then for the females, I'd say Bianca Belair. I think they're the stars to come out of the, the Rumble matches. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, yeah, we briefly mentioned that Edge and Orton look to be pairing up going into WrestleMania season. Yeah. Randy hit Edge with the concerto on the Raw after the Rumble, after kind of looked like he was going to have a bit of mercy on him. Yeah.
1: He's conflicted, isn't he? He's a very conflicted character he Mm. always has been. I'm super, super looking forward to where they go with this. Orton said he was going to say why he'd done that on this past Raw. Didn't really explain anything. No. Kept it a secret. So he's teasing that. We've yet to find out what that is. There was a really nice touch at the end of Raw where he's getting stretched out. And Ray comes over to see if he's alright. And you can see Edge whisper to him, saying, I'm scared, Ray. I just think, like, Edge knows. He gets
0: it. I think other superstars in that position wouldn't say that. He's a genius. Someone with his mind to be back in the business now is just really exciting for me. Mm. Like I say, I am going to be kind of anxious about it, especially if he does certain things in ring. But... Yeah, we're really going to feel the benefit here. Yeah, 100%. That'll wrap up the show then. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at TNW Podcast, where you can follow all of our comings and goings and keep abreast of when we've got new episodes coming out. We're also on Facebook, and you can give us a follow on SoundCloud. Subscribe to our show, and you can listen to a playlist of all our past episodes. We're also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio. And you can give us a follow on Instagram at TNW underscore podcast. Next time, I'm definitely not going over to Saudi Arabia. What a shame. <laughs> but NXT have a little show or yeah. takeover Portland that I propose we take a look at.
1: Yeah, I'll for that.
0: Seems like a pretty exciting card.
1: Yeah. Recently announced this week is our TNW yearly Wrestlemania party that we're getting ready for so that should be good of course we will be covering Wrestlemania and we might have a few guests on our podcast
0: mm-hmm. great well it's our fifth Wrestlemania season in a row yeah being your companions here I'm sure that there's an elimination chamber still to come right yeah yeah we'll see if we squeeze that in as well but yeah hopefully we're gonna have takeover Portland next so I'll keep your eyes peeled for that don't forget as well on our SoundCloud, there's also a playlist of all of my guest appearances on the Raw is Nitro podcast. Very happy to have wrapped up our TNA storyline. very proud of that, especially our awards show, The Hulkies. Yeah. And I'm just about starting to do my watching for our next venture that we're going to do to wrap it up. Nice. So, it's a goodbye from Kyle. Uh, goodbye. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next time. It's so a goodbye from me. I catch you down the road.